Welcome to Scats Chats, your destination for inspiration. Each episode, I chat with mental health professionals and everyday people just like you and me to talk about various wellness topics and the human experience. Get ready to feel inspired with another episode of... Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scats Chats. I'm so excited that you're here. My name is Sarah Katz, and I'm the host of this wellness podcast. And I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for taking care of yourself today, because every episode that you listen to, it is just self-care, taking in all that mental health and wellness goodness. So today I am chatting with Sarah Carpenter, who is a life coach. And her and I chat about so much, right? Two Sarahs. I mean, you know, it's just the best ever, right? Great conversation. But we talk about toxic positivity and what that is. We discuss developing a healthy relationship with oneself because I know I can be a broken record, right? And I always say, though, the most important relationship that you're ever going to have in your life is with yourself. You're going to be with yourself for your entire life. So it's really crucial to make sure you know how to develop a healthy relationship with yourself. So I've even learned a lot from this chat, and I know that you will find at least several things to take away from this chat. So if you can, I would grab a pen and paper because you might want to take some notes. Trust me. It's it's in a golden chat, and I know you'll find some awesome pieces of advice and tips and tricks and all that good stuff. Before we get into that chat, I do want to let you know that we have merch available. Merch is on a donation basis. So you can head over to www.scatschats.com to donate to the podcast and find out how you can get your very own Scats Chats hat or even a cute Scats Chats sticker to put on your laptop, your water bottle, journal, however you want to jazz it up. Um, other ways to support us too, you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, so many out there, right? YouTube, of course, as well, if you're watching this. So you can follow us there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and you can even leave us your feedback on YouTube as a comment or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. We appreciate your support so much because this really, your support here helps to spread our podcast to others and have other people discover our podcast. And that's what Scats Chats is all about, just spreading love and positivity and making sure that always mental health and our wellness is at the forefront of our lives, because that's what we're here for, right? I'm here to help you. And if there's any way that I can make this podcast better for you, then I'm all for it. I want to hear any suggestions that you have. So that's enough housekeeping for one day, right? Let's get into this chat with Sarah Carpenter. I'm so excited for you to listen and make sure again to grab a pen and paper. You're going to need it. Enjoy. So today on Scats Chats, I have Sarah Carpenter here, who is a life coach, a mom of four. She is one lady who's going to talk so much today about so many things, and there's so much to discuss, and she's just so full of information. I can't wait to get started. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, of course. So I wanted to ask first, I guess, um, you know, uh, give a little bit about your background and I guess, you know, your experience and how your career as a life coach took off as well. Sure. Um, so there was a point probably six or seven years ago where I was married, I was living in California, I had four kids in four and a half years, so my kids were all still very little, mm -hmm. I had no sense of self, no sense of my identity, um, but I, I came across this post that was, long story short, this post came into my life through some sort of divine intervention, and it led me on this journey to life coaching. It was like, put the idea in my mind, it happened to be a program that was just an hour away from me. Somehow it worked with my busy schedule with four kids. It was like the universe very much putting up neon signs saying, this is where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And so through that process and my own healing journey and therapy and those sorts of things, you know, I found, I found my way into the profession of life coaching. And it's interesting because when I first started coaching, I was like, okay, I'm going to help people have positive mindset. Everybody's going to live a better life. And, you know, it was just so exciting. And so my clients would come and we'd talk through these things and they'd bring this issue and we'd come up with solutions and they'd implement those solutions. It was great. And then that same problem would show up somewhere else. And then it would show up with some, so it felt a little bit like whack-a-mole. Like mm. we're addressing the symptoms, but we're not actually addressing the problem. And so over time and experience and my own journey of going through divorce and moving states and having my heart broken in a relationship after divorce and, you know, all of just the, the things that, you know, just the hardships of regular life. Um, what I learned at the crux and the root of all of it is for just speaking for myself personally is my relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. And I started to know that for my notice that with my clients also is that it's not about the relationship with the boss. It's not about like not being able to pursue your dreams and all these things that are in the way. It's our relationship that we have with ourselves where we're beating ourselves up, where we're telling ourselves that we can't do it, where we're betraying and, um, and setting aside our own needs in order to be who other people need mm -hmm. us to be. And there's no way to thrive in that. There's no way, if we're always abandoning ourselves, there's no way to live a life that feels fulfilling where we're thriving. It's just not possible. But what, so I started to implement that a little bit more, like we started to work on the relationship with self. And so then clients would still come with the same like laundry list of things that they wanted to work on. And, and, but what I noticed is as we were working on relationship with self and not those, each of those individual challenges or problems, they just started to naturally dissolve. Like those things weren't a problem anymore mm -hmm. and we didn't even have to address them. We never even spoke about them. We were just focusing on how are we showing it for ourselves? How are we making sure we're not betraying ourselves or abandoning ourselves? And so that's kind of where I'm at now. That's the thing I focus on when people come to me with a problem. I'm very upfront. Like, I understand that you want to solve this thing, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your relationship with yourself. And then you're going to be able to make your own informed, wise, grounded decisions about that on your own. And it's been really magical. It's been, we've, we've ceased to play whack-a-mole, which I feel like is a success. <laughs> That's a good thing. And yes, I've, I've heard just, I guess, from everywhere, my own therapist and things like that, that all, like everything 
stems from you and just like you said your relationship with yourself and how even you you talk to yourself internally too like the language that you use with yourself i think is is really um important and like detrimental to look at as well absolutely like if you think about if if you weren't you if you the voice that's in your head and that critical self-talk was a friend would you ever hang out with that friend or would mm. you ever talk to other people the way you talk to yourself it's so interesting that we would never say the things to other people that we say to ourselves like when we're like everybody's doing it better than you are you should be past this by now you should know how to do this you've read so many books you've done so much learning why can't you just dot 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 whatever that is right we are so cruel to ourselves and then what happens with that cruelty is then we are also very short we may not speak the same way towards other people but we are very critical of other people and we think people should behave in a certain way and i think that's one of the biggest symptoms that we can recognize that we aren't in a good relationship with ourselves is if we're getting really annoyed with other people if we're mm -hmm. like really have high expectations of other people if um you know I, I i just think of who i used to be and how i used to see people like why are they doing that why would you whatever it is and now i'm like oh like i totally get it. yeah we're just all doing the best we can we're all just humans we're all just like the more compassion i give myself and the gentler i am with myself the more i just naturally am that way with other people and it's such a more peaceful rooted way to live and i think the greatest gift just speaking for myself the greatest gift i have given myself by healing that relationship is now other people i just see how amazing they are and how beautiful they are and i'm so in awe of people and i like how that feels i like meeting someone even if they're you know an addict or making these decisions that society would say uh -uh, you know i can see i can see myself in them i can have this compassion i can be with people in a way i couldn't before and i feel like that you know at the end of life when i'm looking back and you know analyzing how i've lived like those are the things that are going to matter that are going to like bring me peace on my deathbed is how i showed up with other people and the connections i had mm -hmm. and how i was able to like live in the richness of life instead of in the like yucky critical focused on the negative always wanting things to be different always wanting things to change always wanting to control things i can't control like i just don't have the energy to live that way mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think when well that's what this podcast is all about too is all about really realizing the ways that we can open up and connect with other people and see how we're all connected as humans and we're all kind of going through I think similar experiences and journeys in the way that, you know, developing a relationship with oneself. I think everyone is on a different uh, level in terms of how close they are, how nice they are to themselves. Um, so I think that's important, just like you said, to to realize how connecting with other humans is kind of important and to relate to them in a way as well. But definitely yeah. it all stems from, you know, the comfortable place that you are with yourself and i want to shift over to to this this i guess phrase of toxic positivity and mm -hmm. i know you had mentioned before that 
you know, it's it's really uh, important to be positive and nice to yourself, but there's also kind of going to the extreme of it being a little too much or like in my experience, I guess I'll just think of it as what I think toxic positivity is, is like saying that, oh, okay, like things are okay, kind of like covering up, I guess, the harder emotions and just not dealing with them in the moment. Is that what kind of toxic positivity means to you or or what can you what can you say about that topic? Yeah. Toxic positivity is abandoning your own humanity. Mm. So toxic positivity is when from from just from my point of view is when you don't allow yourself to be human, right? Like when you dismiss or push down or whatever your natural human emotions. Like I had a client recently who was talking to me. She felt so guilty because of this jealousy she felt for someone else. And I, this other person had gotten an opportunity she wanted. And she was just, she was like, I know you're probably going to tell me to like, you know, that, that this, these aren't kind thoughts. And I was like, no, I am definitely not going to tell you that mm -hmm. your jealousy is a human emotion. You are allowed to be human. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be all of those things. I mean, where it gets us in trouble is if, you know, you feel jealousy and then you're being vindictive and trying to hurt the other person like then yeah you know like let's let's be conscious of our actions but our feelings are just insights they're just little tiny teachers that come that help us pay attention like oh I'm feeling jealousy I'm going to be curious about that I'm going to like think about like where is this coming from like you know or I'm just going to sit with it and let it be and then let like let it process through me. But when we are always telling ourselves we shouldn't feel the way we feel, then that is self-abandonment. You know, I mean, that is that is not a healthy relationship with self because once you're feeling something, it's already valid. It already exists and it's okay. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You aren't a bad person. And if you think about it, if you think back on your own life and if I think back on mine, the experiences and the moments that have been the most transformational or the most pivotal for me or have the like the deepest meaning and the most depth are never the most joyful moments right it's almost mm. always the moments where there was some suffering where there was some growth where i had to be challenged where i was in an emotion i didn't want to be in and then the the positive emotions and the happy times are like those have so much more meaning when we allow ourselves the negative emotions too, because you can't numb one and not the other. So if you're numbing the hard feelings, you're also numbing the positive feelings. And so when people are just like, well, at least it's not that bad, or you just ought to, or, mm -hmm. you know, like, no, what is the no bad vibes or whatever, mm -hmm. or good vibes only. <laughs> because yeah. it's not that's not what being a human is mm -hmm. like we need all of our experiences I heard this analogy once by I think Brooke Castillo where she was like imagine that as you're becoming a human there's like this person walking around this like tray of emotions and you just get to pick and take whatever ones you want and you only pick the positive ones and then you find out your neighbor is dying of cancer or you find mm. out you know you hear about starvation and abuse and these things and the only emotions you have to choose from are like joy and peace like that isn't we need 
all of our emotions have a place. They are all valid. Um, and so when we are like, just be happy, then like nobody, and you can tell when people are toxic, like have that toxic positivity mm -hmm. and they're just like, everything's great. And there's this disconnect because you're, you can just tell it's not real. Mm -hmm. It's not, nobody lives like that. Nobody lives happily ever after every day of their lives, you know? And if we could normalize that, if we could normalize just feeling things like, oh my gosh, imagine how much nicer we'd be to ourselves and to each other, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's a great analogy that you mentioned there. You said that you got it from someone else, but with like the silver platter and, you know, mm -hmm. all the emotions are there and which ones do you pick? That's a great way of, of looking at it. I think that kind of like in a way, like we, we need all the emotions, like in our like mental toolbox, I guess, if you will, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. to, uh, be able to process things or work through things. Um, but it's very ironic that I think, well, no, I think I know in my first, um, season of my podcast, I, I would focus more on like different topics. Um, you know, like, um, I guess like healing self-doubt or, you know, kind of like healing the relationship that you have with yourself, but obviously I'm no expert, but the way that I kind of structured my advice or guidance to people would kind of almost be like toxic positivity because I think number one, like I said, I'm not a professional. I don't know how to, you know, and I'm going through these things as well and, and realizing them in my early twenties that, yeah, like, if you, if we wake up, like we realize that we need those emotions too. And it's not all mm -hmm. just about covering it up with, okay, it'll be fine. Kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't know where this expectation came from that like feeling good and feeling positive emotions means things are on track and things are going well and feeling any sort of a negative emotion means something's gone wrong right? Mm -hmm. We have this expectation that if our life, if we're like living a good life, that we will feel happy all of the time. And maybe that's not a conscious thought that we have, but there is sort of this like subconscious expectation that like good is happy, bad is negative, right? And that's just so not true. Mm -hmm. If we stop expecting ourselves to feel happy and positive all the time, we can learn so much about ourselves from the moments when we feel sad or we feel angry or we feel jealousy or we feel disappointment or we feel depression or anxiety, you know? I mean, just an example from my own life, I have these waves of depression that come. They've come my whole life and there will be times when I was younger, when one of those waves would come and it felt like it was going to be the rest of my life. And I would fight so hard against those feelings. I would just, and the harder I would fight, the more stuck I would be in them. Mm. And then as I started, you know, I got a little bit older and I started doing my own work. And even in my coach's training, I was like, I remember one time where it came and it hit really hard. And I was like, what would happen if I didn't fight this? If I just accepted that for the next little while, this is how I'm going to feel, that this is just a part of my rhythm. And it lasted for maybe two or three days. And I remember waking up one day and being like, I'm tired of feeling like this. And I got up and I got out of bed and I was like, what about my, and it just like, it just dissipated. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. And so every time it comes, 
which it still comes, I have that attitude where I'm just like, okay, buckle up. This is where we are. This is what we're doing. Like, and I know I, I've even found ways now to use those waves. Like, okay, this is my time to rest. This is, it's forced rest, but it's rest nonetheless. And when I'm not beating myself up about it, like, why am I not past this yet? Why haven't I, you know, whatever, then it, you know, it's just a wave. It crashes and it rolls back out to sea. And I don't, I don't have to constantly tread water in it like I used to. And I think, you know, in, in my practice, especially, I've noticed a lot of my clients work with therapists. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like, why are, why are my clients working with therapists and me at the same time? And what I recognized is that, like, when those waves come and they crash, like we need, we need to do the healing, right? Like that depression is probably rooted in some things that I need, you know, which I do continue to do therapy around mm -hmm. and try to heal. But that doesn't mean that while I'm healing, I, I don't have to wait until I'm healed until after the therapy's done when I've cured my inner child and reparented it and all of those things in order to thrive and be fulfilled that thriving isn't dependent on healing right it's dependent on my relationship with myself it's how i talk to myself self as i'm healing right mm -hmm. the depression can still be there and still exist and i can say you know what like this is where we are it's okay you know and that relationship with myself where i comfort and love myself in it makes all the difference versus like this expectation of trying to get somewhere, trying to get to healing, trying to get to a destination, which let's be honest, we're never going to get to. There's always going to be healing. There's always going to be evolving. So anyway, sorry, long, long tangent. No, no, please. Um, I that's that's interesting that you say that because I'm currently kind of like in one of those waves of like self-doubt that I have in myself um or with myself i guess i should say but um i'm someone who doesn't like express my uh you know hard feelings outward so i'm always one to have a smile on my face and like keep it to myself um but definitely kind of going through that where it's it, it's not the the point to reach a certain destination by a certain amount of time and everyone is on you know different paths or takes different amount of amounts of time to get to that place of healing whatever that looks like for them but i think just to kind of sit in it and realize what i do feel and what it what this all this self-doubt kind of stems from too is um is important but yeah. um yeah can i give you like three like practical things i was just gonna ask you about that actually yeah to to i guess there, like yeah yeah, there's three things that I think are really helpful when we're in that wave, when we're in the self-doubt, when we have the negative self-talk. And one is, is find your people that you can connect with where you can speak it out loud mm -hmm. with somebody who will listen because there is, and I don't know the psychology, the, I mean, I've actually talked to my therapist about it a lot and she's tried to explain like the brain science to me, which I haven't quite caught on to yet, but there's something really powerful about being witnessed, about saying, this is how I feel and having somebody just be like, yeah, that's hard. Not trying to fix you, not trying to talk you out of your feelings, just validating that. Yes. Mm -hmm. like here we are humans together. And sometimes it's super hard. This then, and then there's two other things. There's two things I say to myself all the time that I think are so helpful. Mm -hmm. When I'm having an emotion 
that I don't want to have, like let's say jealousy, for example, my my self-talk is, of course I feel this way. Mm. Of course I feel jealous. Like, look at these circumstances. Like, look how, like, look what's happened. Look what's led to this. Of course I feel that way. Right. And yeah. then um, another one I use is, isn't that interesting? Like, isn't it interesting that I am so mad at this right now? Because then it puts me in the mindset of curiosity and of understanding instead of self-judgment, right? Like I can just kind of be like, oh, interesting that I am so angry versus like, why am I so angry? I shouldn't be mad. This shouldn't be happening. I should be happy for them. Why am I mad? You know? And so rather than beating myself up and abandoning myself again, I'm with myself. I'm compassionate. I'm like, isn't that interesting? Like, let's get curious. Like, let's understand this, you know, versus mm -hmm. the like constant beating myself up. So those are three things that like have people find a witness. Um, isn't that interesting? And of course, like those are my three like go-tos that keep me grounded whenever I'm, you know, in that wave of self-doubt, which still come. I don't think, I think that's the other thing that that's really important to um, draw attention to. It's not that necessarily you get rid of self-doubt or that you stop having like beating yourself up, but it's that you can catch it and you can recognize it and you can be like, oh, I'm beating myself up again, mm -hmm. right? Like it's just, it's just as soon as we have the awareness to be able to bring in that compassion, not necessarily to prevent it from ever happening because again, we're humans and mm -hmm. it's going to, but just whenever we're noticing that we're in a place we don't want to be to just be compassionate with ourselves to be like, oh yeah, of course I'm hard on myself. Look at how I grew up. Look at the society I was raised in. Look at the culture I was raised in. That makes sense that I feel this way. I think those are all great practical ways of thinking. And I think um, the overall kind of like self-nurturing aspect is is really important too. Um, because I know my therapist always tries to put it this way, like act like kind of like a motherly nurturing figure towards yourself in the way that you you think and you kind of process um, how you're how you're talking to yourself or how you're feeling. And I just want to give anybody who needs it permission to not do the work for a minute, to like take a step back, to relax and to do it with intention. Because I mean, recently I just was overwhelmed by so many things. And I was like, you know, I dug into some really like deep stuff in therapy and it was really uncomfortable. And I was like, I need a break. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't actually want to do the work right now. And so I was like, fiction, here we go, you know, and I'm just like listening to my books and, and I'm not tuning it out as an, I'm not abandoning myself because I'm not denying that it's there. I'm not like, it's too hard. I give up. I quit. It's like, again, that self-love, that recognizing that compassion with myself that like, okay, we need a break that we can't always be in this, like, even, even to heal ourselves or personal growth, we can't always be in this hustle mindset of like, let's fix things, let's move, let's heal, let's like, mm -hmm. let's get to this destination, you know, like sometimes we just need, we just need to rest, we just need to like scroll Instagram, we just need to watch the show, we just need to listen to the fiction, whatever it is, because again, like we're humans, and so I just want to say in case anybody's listening that needs a break, go ahead and take a break. Yes, we're, 
we are all human, as we've previously mentioned several times on this episode. But, you know, it, we do need a break. And um, that's something that I need to uh, take my own advice on, too, is I'm currently I'm juggling like a lot of a lot of things. I have a lot of things on my plate. And I think just in terms of, I guess, like material things and kind of in the emotional aspect as well to be able to take a break and rest and really like dive into my feelings via journaling because that's how I love to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And just realize that like I need that reset in order to be re-become, if that's a word, the, you know, the mm -hmm. most productive person that I can be. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, it's like if you thought you could just keep going without ever sleeping, you know, mm -hmm. or if you could just drive your car forever and ever and never have to stop for gas. Like, yeah, we don't want to pull off when we're in the groove or making good time. We don't want to take the time to pull off the freeway to get gas. But if we want to keep going, we're going to get there a heck of a lot faster if we refill the tank than if we end up pushing the car. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. there is some value in the pause, in the rest, in the, and again, like, this idea that we're headed somewhere, that there's some destination, you know, we say healing journey, or, you know, we, we kind of, in this industry, phrase things in a way that, that leads us to believe that we're getting somewhere, that we're getting to the life we've always wanted, that we're, but we get to have that right now. You know, I think that's the beautiful thing about focusing on healing the relationship with self is that all of the like richness and thriving and all those things are accessible right now. It doesn't have to be when you've unpacked and healed all of the inner child wounds. It doesn't have to be when you've done X, Y, Z, right? It's just like every step, every, every minute, every ounce of energy that you put into it has an immediate reward right even if it's just that you you know didn't beat yourself up this one time over this one thing and i think we there's also without getting too abstract when we are when we are giving ourselves a break when we're in self-compassion there is an energy that we're always putting out, right? You can mm -hmm. you can walk by somebody in the grocery store and know that they're angry without them saying a word to you. They just have a vibe, right? And we're influenced by that vibe. We're like, I was kind of a jerk. And now I'm kind of mad because that guy was like, yeah. kind of just brushed right past me, right? But when the opposite is true, when you're around somebody who is just genuinely happy, when they like themselves, when they're not trying to like mine for external validation, they're just like, I'm good then that has this like energetic impact on everything around them. And it's like, it kind of, it becomes charisma. It kind of sucks us in and like wants us to, and we want to like draw closer to that. And so I think, man, if we had a world full of that, instead of a world full of people who are completely disconnected from themselves, we would be so much more compassionate. We would be so much more empathetic, even like looking at politics and things like that. We'd be sitting down with each other and going like, talk to me, tell me how, tell me why you think this, like what's going on? Instead mm -hmm. of like, if you think, then you're not my friend anymore, mm -hmm. you know, whatever ends up happening. So, I mean, there's the immediate like impact on self. And then there's also this ripple effect that happens that spreads outward that influences so many other things you know 
Yeah, that's very interesting where, like we mentioned before, it starts with you internally and then you can impact a whole, a whole community of people through that internal work that you did with yourself and putting off those, I'm trying not to say good vibes, but putting off those, um, yeah. that like peaceful energy, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, if you, you know, like I have a friend that I had a while ago, um, and she always had really good boundaries. Like she would not return my calls if she was with her family. And she would like, she just knew what her priorities were and she focused on those and she would not make exceptions. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so like, at first being like, Hey, that's my call. Yo. And then recognizing like, Oh my gosh, I want what she has. I want those boundaries. I want to be able to like, just be able to disconnect from things that are not my immediate priority, mm -hmm. you know? And I was so inspired. It's like, she gave me permission to start doing that for ourselves. And so it's not like our responsibility is to go out and teach and train everybody else. It just is this natural byproduct where, you know, like, again, the, the influence is, and that ripple is endless. It's happening in ways we will never even know or see which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. And we, we can, we can pick up inspiration from, from anybody and everybody too. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, like that's a quality that I really want to emulate in myself. Like, how can I, how can I get there? I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's fantastic. So to kind of wrap up things too, I wanted to ask, and obviously say as much or as little as you would like, but I want to ask too, what are some things that you've learned, I guess, about yourself and your own healing journey with yourself, with your personal experience of being a single parent with four children? Oh, geez. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey to mm -hmm. go from having a husband and like being in a marriage where like all the responsibility was mine, right? Like the making the doctor's appointments, buying the clothes, mm -hmm. feeding, all of the things. He had a really high pressure job in Silicon Valley. Um, to now being a single mom and having 50-50 custody where I only have the kids half the time. And so it's been a really interesting process to like now that it's it's not like it's just that I have the kids physically 50% of the time but I have to like give 50% of the responsibility to their dad mm -hmm. and when you've grown up in a culture that teaches you that your job is to manage other people's emotions to make them feel comfortable to be self-sacrificing right to be selfless if you've read untamed but I love how oh yeah Glenn I have I love how she talks about like how ridiculous it is this this notion of being selfless as if we don't have a self mm. you know and so it's been such an interesting and challenging things to set those boundaries for myself because there's there's this big gap between knowing something and I think this is where a lot of my clients come from is that like I've read the books I've listened to the podcasts I've been to therapy I know I need boundaries I know I need self-care I know I'm completely within my rights to set those boundaries and to have these expectations of my ex-husband or whoever it is. But when it comes to actually implementing those things, it's like all this conditioning and all of the like things that are sort of baked into our nervous systems 
tell me, no, 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 don't do that. You're not safe. This is wrong. You shouldn't do that. So I'm doing the thing I know I should do and feeling all of this anxiety. And so one of the beautiful things is that I do with clients is kind of, I get to be the person I didn't have, right? The person that when they're trying to set the boundaries to be like, no, 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 it's okay. This is the right thing to do. I know your nervous system is telling you that you're making a big mistake, but you're not. It's good. You're okay. You know, and just having that external reminder of like, it's all right. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, I can help people learn those lessons a little bit quicker than I did. But even still, that's still a struggle sometimes to be like, and, you know, even with my kids, they, I had to make the decision of what example do I want to set for them? Do I want to set the example of a mom who is completely 100% devoted to them, that doesn't have a life outside of them, so that they grow up thinking that that is their responsibility also, mm. that they have to set their, their own desires and their own gifts aside in order to meet the needs of other people? Or do I try to show them, like, I know you want more time with me. I know you, you know, all these things. And I am also a person and I also get to meet my own needs and I am not going to be able to be with you a hundred percent of the time. And I'm not always going to be available, even though, you know, I mean, it's such like an interesting balance to meet their needs and to also meet my own, mm -hmm. which is always like, I don't, I don't know that we ever feel like I'm killing it at this. Like I am I have found it. Like I have found the balance. It's always like a constant, like, oh, not enough kids. Oh, not enough self-care, you know, mm -hmm. but um, I am willingly engaged and anxiously engaged in that because I want them to grow up living fully as themselves. I want them to grow up being compassionate, empathetic, deeply um, in tune and nurturing people not just to other people, but to themselves. And, you know, it's not, it's not something that we past generations have been able to model for us. I feel like this generation is, we're the trailblazers. Like this is mm -hmm. the first time in history where we've had a society that has any room for meeting our, as, especially as women, meeting our own needs, you know? So yeah. Single mom life. It's a whole bunch of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it is. And I, I can't even imagine, but I think that just expressing that, that balance that, you know, is a constant um, thing that you're dealing with is probably, you know, other single parents or even just parents in general can, um, can relate to that, to that kind of like, um, you know, I, I guess challenging, um, yeah, balance that, that one has to go through of how much can I devote to my kids, but how much, like, I still need to keep myself in mind too. Yeah. And I think a lot of times mothers in particular, um, or even just people in relationship, as you start to heal the relationship with yourself, as you start to set boundaries, as you start to do these things, I think where some people tap out is it does put a strain on marriages. It, it's not like, all sunshine and roses and flowers when you start living differently when you when me as a self-sacrificer my whole life where I had no idea who I was my only job was to be who other people needed me to be when I start living as myself when I start setting my boundaries when I start taking the things I need then it's uncomfortable from the for the people who have benefited from my self-sacrifice mm -hmm. right it's really they're like whoa wait what and yeah. so there's this transition period that gets really 
dark and hard if I'm being totally honest. And I just like, if anybody's listening, who's in that phase, who is trying to set those boundaries, who's trying to, and just met with resistance, like don't give up, you know, we, it takes that transition, that time to adapt and to adjust. It takes time, find, find a coach, find, or find really good friends, find people who can support you through that because it's hard and it's absolutely worth it. And I'm sure that this, you know, whole process of really developing a, a good, healthy and honest relationship with yourself, you know, takes work and, and takes time to really develop that. And I think if Absolutely. any listener out there, you know, uh, would like some, I guess, extra guidance, where can people find you and uh, your life coaching services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Instagram is where I'm probably the most active and that's just Sarah Carpenter coaching, Sarah with an H, no, just all one string of letters. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my website is Sarah, uh, Sarah, the life coach. Um, and you can find me either place. You can DM me or, you know, comment or whatever, but I just really value and appreciate the opportunity to connect to people. So even if you're just curious, like, I don't know, I don't want, I don't want to reach out to Sarah because I don't want her to try to talk me into this big coaching package mm -hmm. that I don't want. I just rest assured that's not me. I love helping people find the right support. And sometimes a lot of the times people reach out to me, I am not the right fit for them. Mm -hmm. And that's totally okay. I can point you to the people or the resources who are. It's really exciting for me to see all the good that people can do, you know, mm -hmm. like we all have these natural gifts and talents. And when we start to heal that relationship with ourselves, like just witnessing people take up their space and do their good work in the world and like be who they are is so inspiring and exciting for me that like, it's kind of fun just to get to be the witness. So yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it, it's nice that you are just like you said, you're helpful in any way, shape or form, you know, offering whatever you have to offer. And I think that you gave the listeners and even me too, a lot of information that was very, you know, um, important and, and resonated. And I think just a lot of great insight into how we can go about this and, and why it's really important. Yeah, so I absolutely. thank you for that. I hope so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. of course. Thank you so much for inviting me to come talk. Of course. And you're welcome back anytime if you'd like to talk about anything else. Um, because, you know, we're here to really dive into all of it. Because I think being a human and having human emotions and mental and all that stuff is very complex. And there's a lot of different things to talk about. So, you know, you're welcome back anytime yeah. if you would like. Thank you. I would love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much and take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Find out more about us at www.scatschats.com. Special thanks to NK Arts, who designed our logo, Daddy Lakis for writing and producing our theme song, Joe Papadenitz for branding photos, and our friend Abby for social media. Scats, scats, scats.